You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He got a phone call from Michael Jackson back in the day. At that moment, we didn't have a cell phone. Even we didn't exist, I think. That was a long time ago. Um, well, no, we existed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no yes. cell phone. So he right. used the phone, uh, home phone. And, and somebody said, oh, I'm Michael Jackson. And are you Don? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm Don. But no way, the Michael Jackson, yeah. Jackson is, is gonna call me, you know, like this. <laughs> so he hung up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then phone ringed again. So he, you know, took, no, no, it's me. It's me, Michael Jackson. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Benny, and you're listening to 2020. If you haven't subscribed yet, please go to 2020-d.com. This week, my cohorts and I Javon Cronin and Corey Peza. Hey, hey, Ben. Hey, why are you being super <laughs> creepy? Speak to a wonderful, very inspiring cellist. Now, I know what you're thinking. Bass? No, cello, as in CeeLo, E-L-L-O. She played with Madonna, star set like Siobhan. Her name is Mariko. And she's amazing. And you need yeah. to watch this story because I honestly feel like by the time I was eight, I should have just given up. <laughs> yeah. Definitely an inspiration and such a sweet person. It was such a pleasure to have my friend, obviously from Starset and all the other acts that Ben mentioned. Cirque du Soleil also. A great insight into the beginning of her story, a lot of her musical tastes and influences. So, you know, it's, it was great to hear from her. Definitely check it out. Yeah. What the hell are you doing, Ben? <laughs> I'm, si- I'm assuming they're on YouTube because if they can't hear it and they're like, why is there no, maybe they'll go. They'll be like, what's oh he God. doing? Anyways, here's part one with Mariko. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of 2020. I'm Siobhan Cronin here as always with my co-hosts, my cohorts, my friends, Benny Goodman and Corey Peza. How's it going today, guys? Cheers. Waking up. You know, (laughs) we're doing runs late on Duncan. We're doing a morning episode this time, even though it will air at a different time. (laughs) But we're all here drinking coffee. And our wonderful guest today is my dear friend who I've had the pleasure of getting to know and play with over the last several years, Mariko, the amazing cellist. Um, of Cirque du Soleil. She's played with Madonna, has been my bandmate in Star Set, all the way Who? from Japan, living now in Vegas. We have so much to talk about, and I can't wait to get into your story. So here it is. We've got part one with Mariko. Thank you for joining us today. No, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I was so excited you were willing to do this, because I know it's early there. It's it's early for us already, and so she's up at 8 a.m. looking bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and, with perfect makeup. And apparently makeup. she's already seen episodes that we've done and still came on, which to <laughs> yeah, me is more impressive. It's, 11, it's like 11 where we are, and we're sitting here like, oh, 
Like, look at the bed. I need Botox and fillers. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> she looks perfect. You look like I you know. walked out of a freaking animation movie of like that somebody <laughs> in Asia was like, what's the prettiest woman I could draw? And then now you just need to dye your hair pink and then you can go to every PAX thing and just say your character in Final Fantasy. They'll believe you. <laughs> your name is accurate. You, you can you still so back out so. if you oh, want. Oh, Japanese looks like anime, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've met some Japanese people that definitely don't look like anime. They look like more like nightmares, but you look like an anime. Nightmare? No. <laughs> You're so funny. Oh, oh don't. Don't, don't encourage him. Don't, don't enable him. Don't, yeah. don't boost his ego. She's feeding animals. Watch, there's an animal in the corner now. If you go to the YouTube, 2020-D, my animal walked in. She's like, food? Oh! Lucille, I didn't even see her. There she uh, is in the just corner. In the corner, there. and then she goes. <laughs> no, but but th- uh, I saw you guys on YouTube. But the sound is very, very characteristic, and uh, just like you guys, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never talked with you guys in person. Of course, you, I know you guys, but. Uh, it's very happy to talk with you. Oh, oh good. Well, well, it's funny. She's like, oh, we thought you thought the show was good. But you're like, technically, it's good. You're like, the audio's good. So Corey's the only good part. He's like, I cleaned that up. I put a limiter on it. I actually cued the whole holistic mix. But the show itself is total dog crap. I apologize. Wow, great start to the episode. <laughs> so, so anyway, so let's, Mariko, let's introduce you to our listeners for anyone that doesn't know you. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in your career? Obviously, you're a cellist. We see the cello case and the electric cello in the background. Amazing player. You've got a really diverse background, which I love. Um, Who have you played with? Because I'm a stoner. I want to know now. And then you could tell me everything about you. Like, can we list? Because I know you were in Star Set, right? Yes. Um, it was super funny. Um joining because I just finished the Michael Jackson's Motor World Tour by Cirque du Soleil. That was like a my, my first world tour. Yeah. So you're on Cirque du Soleil, Michael Jackson? Yeah. Our friend Shani, actually, who we spoke to before from Israel, plays guitar for Cirque du Soleil, Michael Jackson. Oh, that is a Michael Jackson one. That is a residence show in Las Vegas. Yeah, and it's very confusing. I know a lot of people <laughs> is confused. We're we're always confused, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, so tell tell us about that though. What what was that tour? How was yours different? So that what I did that tour was um uh, oh before that I, I I'm gonna apologize because I'm from Japan and I've been here for six years, but still my English sometimes it's not great. <laughs> but hopefully. You guys I, understand? No, if yeah, you don't understand? Thankfully, my Japanese is better, so whatever. <laughs> I can't um, read that. Like, literally, learning Japanese is like climbing to Mount Ever, the top of Mount Everest. You're like, I know English. You speak English better than 98% of Americans. So, <laughs> oh, no, so <laughs> but, but thank you for that, you know, the, um, nice words. Um, so that um, tour is by Suku Soleil. And basically, of course, Michael Jackson already exists anymore, right? Um, so it's a tribute shows, and we but you we use uh, Michael Jackson's voice and also m- many 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 videos from music videos and um and of of course from the uh, the Michael Jackson's family's foundations. So basically, we had a like, many um 
materials from Michael Jackson's. So wait, you played with like the immortal spirit of Michael Jackson and he was like piped in through the system or on the screens and you're basically, whether it's a live show or like, I've seen stuff like this together, but they'll take like old recordings, like like with Queen, they'll take like old recordings of Freddie Mercury and have Adam Lambert sing back and forth. You took Michael Jackson, well, not you. Cirque du Soleil took Michael Jackson and then you're playing with the spirit of Michael Jackson over... In front of a lot. How is that? Because Michael Jackson, as everyone that's listening should know, was the king of pop, and rightfully so, because he was one of the greatest performers of all time. So you're basically playing with the spirit of one of the greatest performers in existence. Yes. So that was super honor to me. And also, at the same time, I'm sure um, they had a kind of pressure because Michael Jackson is such a king. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of people is kind of. Oh, this is not Michael Jackson. Yeah. Sure, they're expecting a lot, for sure. Right. But uh, we just, you know, purely believe, you know, what can, what we can do for that. Wait a minute. Did someone show up at the door and go, wait, this isn't Michael Jackson. Where's Michael? I want my money back. Where's your Ouija board, bro? I don't think that I would hope happens. no one is that disconnected with, from reality. With that music. Smooth criminals. With that music, how much... Uh, I guess artistic liberty is taken because obviously with the instrumentation it's going to be different. Like, how do you guys approach the music itself? So um, we had uh, eleven musicians from um, half of musicians was actually um, they worked for Michael Jackson. Oh, wow! Yeah, um, bats or wow. you know, wow. or the, the dangerous tours. So they already knew what kind of material was it what kind of sound quality he wanted to have. Wait, so am I hearing this right? You inherited Michael Jackson's band or some of the people that actually worked with Michael in the room and they basically were like his interpreter, like he would have liked it this way. Yeah, yes, exactly. So for example, um, bass player, ended up, um, he ended up being a music director on the show. Oh. But for example, him, um, he got a phone call from Michael Jackson back in the day. At that moment, we didn't have a cell phone. Even we didn't exist, I think. That was a long time ago. Um, well, no, we existed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no yes. cell phone. So he right. used the phone, uh, home phone, and and somebody said, oh, I'm Michael Jackson, and are you Don? He was like, yeah, I'm Don. But no way, the Michael Jackson, yeah. Jackson is, is gonna call me, you know, like this. <laughs> so he hung up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then phone ringed again. So he, you know, took, no, no, it's me. It's me, Michael Jackson. <laughs> so, yeah. So those ep episodes, you know, I heard from many musicians, you know, what kind of the um, sound approach they, uh, he did, what they did. So that was pretty much fun. But same time, I couldn't speak much English. Like, you know, that was like seven years ago. So I couldn't, you know, get much, you know, stories like now. But still, that was so much fun. And also the process, uh, we created the shows. Uh, and every day, of course, same routine or same uh, set list. But still... We had a solo moment, especially I had a solo moment. Just a, um, I played this electric cello by myself. Um, after 
the song title is Ben. Just um, my song. Like a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got a spotlight, and oh. then suddenly tracks like stop, and then I'm showing up, and then start my uh, 90 second solo. Wow. From like a classical style to like rock style. What did you? What were you the intro to after uh, Ben? So it's Ben crazy ass cello solo. And then um, uh, that one, uh, Hotel. Oh, shoot. Hotel. Oh. Is it the one like, like Hotel, Motel, Holiday? I think that, that must be it, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's not a big deal. Oh, I can sing, but I, oh, shit. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> She's like, I don't know Michael Jackson's song, but I can tell you what mode it's in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is amazing. Could, could you just imagine, it's, like, it's Ben, and then you just go, and it just goes into a crazy cello solo? Yeah, that was super fun. Uh, I had, a, of course, a year monitor, and then the music director says, 30 seconds, oh, uh, 70 seconds. Yeah. And I have to finish. And then going to, you know, going back to track. Like, I mean, I, mean, I, I had to play with track. Yeah. So... Right. That's that's hard because you have to, you know, if you if you're not on a click track and you're just doing a, like a free form solo, it's so hard to keep track of how much how many seconds have passed. So just just for perspective, for perspective, uh, you know, this was recently after you moved to the United States mm -hmm. and and how far into your career, because, you know, us doing a uh, unaccompanied solo like that in a big show can be pressure for even a pro. So Do like you know how, personal how many experience, Corey? Uh, yes, the several times that I've done solos well, in front Mr. of eight, eight drunk people uh, at a bar. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm curious because that, that's a big moment. Uh, how, how much experience did you have at that point performing in front of uh, large crowds? I mean, that was like my first world tour. Of course, I had so much pressure and, and of course, nervous. After I had that experience, any show is like more like exciting, like the nervous being nervous before I was like every time you know kind of nervous da, 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 but after that okay I can do it <laughs> Wait, I have a technical question because you said Trial you have 90 fire. seconds and then you you need to go into the next song which has a click track so are you like playing some crazy arpeggio and then all of a sudden they're like click 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 and it's a count off is that like well what she it, was saying uh, that she gets she she had the music director in her ear you know telling oh, her okay so you got 30 seconds like, left you got yeah. 30 seconds so you're basically in the middle of a crazy arpeggio in front of a ton of people and they're like you got 30 seconds wrap this shit up we're about to go into uh, the way you make Start me feel sustaining some notes there you're like yeah go, go into whole notes make sure you're in e because that's the way you make me feel 85 Wait, bpm oh. get ready as you're just playing in front of 20,000 people or whatever We've had similar moments in Star Set. I mean, less pressure, but you know, like a lot of the a lot of stuff that's time coded or whatever. It's like rolling into the next track. So we had a couple interludes sometimes where it was like that. It's like, all right, hopefully we play this at the same tempo as yesterday because the click would sometimes come in, and you're like, all right, gotta wrap it up. Or maybe you shit your pants and they're just trying to buy time, so you can change your spacesuit. Go check out Richard oh Shaw's first episode. Yeah, <laughs> and especially you know, it's. Of course, everybody knows Michael Jackson's songs, and suddenly that is my improvisation. So no one knows, first of all, who you are and who, like, what that song it is. You know, the, the people think. So I had to like catch these people's hearts like immediately, 
from classical style to like a going crazy moment. So that was like a pretty much like challenging, but at the same time, I learned a lot of things. That was super fun. Yeah. So was that something that that you got to write on your own? Like you were allowed to come up with your own composition of 90? Was it the same every night or did you alter some things each night? So I wrote like a scratch, like, you know, okay, maybe for 30 seconds, I should keep on the classical style. And going to crazy, maybe 20 seconds, you know, like a transition. Mm-hmm. And then going like, a, you know. Full on crazy. <laughs> yeah, I made like that structure. Otherwise, I'm going to freak out, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then when I get used to, maybe like a three months later, four months later, I kind of add more like different stuff each night for my, just for my challenge. Yeah, you got to keep it interesting. Yeah. Um, so you start simple, but then by the end of it, you're like, I'm going to do 64th notes and I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to mess with them. I'm going to do pizzicato with this finger and then I'm just going to be bowing with this finger. So I'm kind of like plucking. I'm waiting for him to drop bowing. a flat 13 chord in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm sticking an alien in this one. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but going, yeah, and, so, um, oh, go ahead, Mariko. And of course, you know, behind the, they had a, like a three stories stage uh we you know the dancers so musicians on the top and sometimes the guitarist comes out to the middle stage so i was playing this my solo on the middle stage so basically the all musicians behind me so um maybe a week later from my first day and the drummer who is a very good friend with michael jackson uh her name is sugarfoot (laughs) and Sugarfoot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he texted me, you know, today's solo was amazing, and you sounded awesome. Like, you know, he texted me like that message. I was super surprised because, um, you know, I thought that they might be more deeper or something. You know, yeah. I mean, not the deep, of course. If I talk with them, it's very nice, but um, I kind of. You know, of course, I don't. I, I admire them, and I didn't expect like those words from them or from him. So I was like, "Wow, that those words very encouraged me." Mm, yeah, sure. Yeah, you would expect people to be more judgmental, and I mean, even yeah, like in the rest of the rock and metal world, there are a lot of people that are sitting judging, like yeah. <laughs> no, I, waiting I, I, for I you to fall short. That. I disagree with that because uh, first off, as somebody who's been in the rock and metal world, when I see live strings. Especially, okay, so I, I Oh, well, said strings might be different, but I'm, you know, but, go ahead. But it's one of those things. It's like when Corey and I played in a rap band, when they saw, when, when people saw a live rock band, they're like, what is this? There's a drummer. There's actually someone that plays. So like, I absolutely understand it because the, the standard, first off, I'm sure in Japan, it's probably way higher than our standards. I'm sorry. Other than on Cheetos and breakfast foods, <laughs> as I've been told by Marty Friedman, you guys are better at everything, literally everything. So like where your family's like, that wasn't good enough. We're like, that's the best I've ever heard. Holy shit. And then you're coming to rock. 
the difference between classical and rock is you're interpreting some dead guy usually or girl but usually some dead guy right and you're doing it perfectly and they're telling you every like it's pizzicato here or it's played you know this way allegro we don't yeah but do the that. irony here though is that we're also interpreting the dead guy of Michael Jackson yeah. no, but so, it and that's like matter a- <laughs> because the thing is is that it's pop music so that there's way more levity than if you're playing Chopin or Franz Liszt yeah there's no it's like purists that are going to critique your style 13 chord you're fucked yeah, there you go. Was, There's the flat thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Originally, well, it was probably on a keyboard, you. anyways, so it doesn't really matter if you, uh, you know. Oh, I remember the next song's name though. Okay. Heartbreak. <laughs> I'm sorry. Heartbreak Hotel. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I'm. So, I'm like, it sounds stupid. You know, I just remember. No, no, no. It's okay. No, it's, go ahead. Before Corey. we move on, there was just one thing you mentioned about, uh, you know, Michael Jackson calling the musicians to 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 do it, and I was just thinking, you know, how they hung up on him. I'm pretty sure that Michael Jackson never had anyone stay on the phone with him the first time he called. Can you picture that? Like anyone believing the f- like, hey, it's Michael Corey, Jackson. Your mix is amazing. Yeah, I'd be like, fuck you, bro. Like, <laughs> like uh, uh, th- well, who calls only back later f- to let you know it's really him? It's like this is Bubbles the chimp. I want yeah, you to know that I'd my probably believe that. I believe that over anything else. But there's, <laughs> he's probably one of the few people that have probably is just completely used to being hung up on and doesn't take offense to it. <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's crazy! But, so that was your first like big world tour. Um, like, what were you doing prior to that? Uh, it was a lot. Though, you know, that tour changed my life a lot. Um, first of all, I, uh, you know, I grew up in, in Japan, and I didn't know much about the. Um, how should I say? Of course, I loved the American rock music when I was like since I was little. And I was listening to like, many genre music, but still, um, I didn't expect to spend my like time in the U.S. I have been a musician since I was little in Japan. I I thought you know I'm keep going like this, and then suddenly I you know went to the, the different countries then and performing, and also I met many um, countries people. It's basically like a diversity like a world, right? I think the people's conversation, people's actions, people's like like friendships changed my life a lot. Of course, musicians, but not only musicians, dancers, acrobat. Um, and I thought, you know, I think I think Japan is such a great country, but still just only country, right? They have like a J-pops, and they play the rocks, metal, da 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 but still not exact, exactly same with other countries. I'm not saying that this is good or not, just it just different. And then a lot also culture wise, okay this is obvious I thought. But it actually was not. For example, taking off the you know shoes when <laughs> we entered the house. I I never thought you know someone you know, going to the house with shoes. I'm going to politely interject because the, we play with, do you know who Marty, do you know who Marty Friedman is? He's known as Mr. Guitar in Japan, right? We play with him. And yes. the way I learned about Japan, because I know nothing, I literally know nothing. I'm like, okay, they, they make really smart people there that play instruments better than us. Okay. That's about what, and awesome keyboards. Like that's about what I know. And Marty Friedman has a whole video where he's like, well, in Japan, they do it this way. You take your shoes off. It's rude. If you do that, I'm like, wow. 
And then um, apparently, and he's married to a cellist in Japan. And I'm like, holy bejesus. Like, there's a lot of weird universal synchronicities here. <laughs> but I just wanted to know, like, he's known as Mr. Guitar in Japan. And he's been like an ambassador, like to us, as far as explaining Japan, because he lives there full time. Do they know him there? Is he like actually a big deal? Is he as much as he is in Lost Symphony, our band? Yeah, I have seen him on TV shows many times. And then um, my friend was working for him. So, I, yes, of course, I knew him. Uh, he's such a yeah, big like a legend in Japan. Wow. And That's also, um, so like, you know, him, he's bringing his music on different culture to Japan. We appreciate that. And at the same time, I appreciate that I could have like more experience with people. That, I yeah, I think that changed a lot in my life. And also the music wise, I think in Japan, we use the music charts more. But here, I think uh, you guys have great ears. And then, oh, so, so or we more... just improv more and we suck and we're just like, oh yeah, whatever, we, we made it work. <laughs> we do what Marty Friedman does. We just bend until it's right. No. We're like, that notes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is, is basically it's a, it's a bit more rigid. It's almost like Siobhan's background, you know, being very by the book, oh, yes. by the page. As opposed to us, which, yeah, I, like Ben's saying, it is a lot. I think a lot of musicians here, it's not so... Uh, you you get more from like listening to the radio and picking up an instrument than maybe a formal education at first at least so there's a lot of musicians that are just like i want to play something and then they figure it out and they just have to develop that sort of uh outside the box thinking yeah that's why also why a lot of musicians in japan come out being prodigies and actually well that's why i wanted to ask her about the, the marty friedman thing because my segue was he has something called tokyo jukebox three and it's all japanese songs interpreted by marty friedman have you heard this uh i didn't but i know that is on the I, cover i'm gonna brutalize them but it's like <laughs> makinade sen bonzakura <laughs> oh ben grange <laughs> let's 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 let the pro <laughs> no uh, but but what i'm saying is it's all supposedly supposedly um like nor uh cultural Japanese tunes, but done by Marty Friedman. So I'm, I was just curious as a, a Japanese woman who's very, you know, uh, literate as far as music, like, is this good or is this an abomination? That's awesome. Like, that's amazing, you know, um, because I think um, some people trying to uh, bring the traditional like for example that is like a combination of rock and then japanese culture right we can't because even we're trying we are 100 percent japanese right sure so we can't mix that with others so he can do that it's a very new and then it's why why can't you is it is it just uh well, I think what Cultural. she's saying is that, you know, it's it's hard to bring in an outside perspective if you're not from a different country. You like, know, who's going right, to read the song list to that if it's done by Japanese people versus Marty Friedman made me read that. But go ahead, Corey, ask your question. Well, I, didn't no, mean so to I was you. just curious, is is there any other comparable artist 
that are Japanese that are doing something similar to that, that are taking the traditional style and, and using other uh, like more Western types of music with that. Mariko is doing that. And so your solo stuff that you do, you do a lot of that right now, combining different influences with some Japanese style and rock and classical. But anyway, if I don't know if you know of anyone else that's doing that. I mean, oh, yeah, they combine the, the different genres. Yeah, yes. I'm sorry. I didn't misunderstand. It's maybe. Uh, yes, a lot of recently, a lot of musicians, uh, singers trying to do that. For example, Miyabi, who is a guitarist. Uh, I'm not sure you guys know, but um, he's like a chop guitarist, like chopping, and then he's like doing it. Like his his character name is like a samurai rock guitarist, and he's doing like a unique stuff with his originals. So yeah, some musicians trying to be stuck out with like originals and unique way. Well, I want to go back and listen to these songs because Marty Friedman, he, so as he's gotten older, I'm sure some metalheads are like, he's not as metal, but it sounds like Andrew Lloyd Webber does metal and like these songs. Okay. It sounds like if you took like the best Disney music that you grew up just loving and it's like so invigorating and all that, but then done by Marty Friedman. And I'm like, are these songs as awesome in Japan? as Marty Friedman, but then I realized that you're, again, better in every way than we are, so they must be. So maybe I learned something because of Marty. Mm. And the <laughs> <laughs> same one, Zakura, is a very famous song in Japan. I think it's coming from the, um, uh, what's called, like a character online. She sang of course it is. Hatsune Miku. Do you know Hatsune Miku? Mm-mm. Hatsune Miku is like a Vocaroid character. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that song is very famous in Japan. And I think he did something like a crazy... What kind of character? A Vocaloid. What is that? Vocaloid is... um. So it's like a MIDI. If we put the MIDI and then we select the synthesizer or piano. piano. Oh, okay. That is a like... kind of like a robot cute okay. girl voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, so it's like a vocoder like with someone's oh, yes, voice yeah. Yeah. To a, yeah okay okay I'm, yeah. I'm trying to understand very, yeah. and by the way so very Paul, Ren- yep. Paul Lorenzo our drummer from Lost Symphony who does all all I don't know if you've seen you said you watched your show we do character art of all the people that come on and I just can't wait for him to draw you with the cello and oh. be, he's get, so we're gonna draw a picture of you I mean like he's been waiting all of his life for this <laughs> He's great, yeah. That'd be awesome, yeah. Just make it your profile picture. You can totally pimp us out and let the Japanese know, like, we're coming. We got Marty Friedman, and now you. Yay! Well, let's let's go back before we get carried away in this episode. That amazing story is obviously, but um, I'm curious to ask a couple things. Um, where you know, growing up, was most of your training classical? Like, what was it like studying cello in Japan, and how did you end up? getting the Cirque du Soleil gig, like the world tour? Because that's like, that's a pretty unusual jump for most people that come from the classical world. It often takes like a long time to transition into a different style. So, um, you know, what was that like? How did you get that? Yeah, I started a um, violin, a piano when I was four years old. And then eight eight years old, I started cello, right? And then since I was a child, I was, I think my mom, um, let me listen many genres of music 
but at the same time, I was not allowed to watch the TV. So always I was listening to the radios. Mm -hmm. And then my favorite, it was like, you know, American rock channel. <laughs> of course, I couldn't understand what they sang, for example, title, um, lyrics. But to me, the sound was super cool. And then that was my kind of first. Do you remember, do you remember any bands specifically that you liked? American rock bands? Um... <sighs> <laughs> I think uh, um, not on, uh, only the band, but uh, Bee Gees yeah. was like a super huge hit. I, I remem remember, yeah, of okay. course it's not a rock band, but uh, no, the rock. And then because I figured out like what kind of band later, yeah, you know, I was listening to the radio like 10 years when I was 10. What about the Bee Gees attracted you? I'm very curious. Like, what about the Bee Gees in Japan where you're like, staying alive? <laughs> like his voice is so high. I mean, I love. They have like a gajillion hits. First off, Corey, they are not rock. They are pop. But secondly, what is the, what, what like? There's where no you, where rock in the Bee Gees, bro. Well, nah, I, I four, on the, that said, four on the floor that, to me is rock. I don't care. They were amazing, and I want to know, like, of all the bands, what attracted you to the Bee Gees? I think. Um, of course, you know, I had no idea what he's singing. No, I don't know what he's saying. I, I speak American, but I still can't hear him. Um, I think the soundtrack behind it, of course, his voice is unique, but other instruments sound was unique to me and it catched mm -hmm. my heart. And... and it's not the American rock, but a Queen song, the weird champion, when I heard that song. Oh, that's rock. No, that's yeah. rock and roll. Let her Queen tell the story. Rock and yeah, roll. yeah. Um, that was like, oh my God. That was, that song was my favorite, like since I was young. Um, Eagles, and I heard, like, I heard the Aerosmith too, you know. Uh, so what you're saying is you have better musical taste than 99% of women I've ever met in my life. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> Good for you. You're like in Japan, they just have better taste because we have ears. You mentioned that uh, like We Are the Champions connected with your heart. At the time, did you understand the lyrics or was it just the music? And oh, Yeah, so that's... So only the We Are the Champions. I was listening to the English class on the radio. And then that class, on, like on, I think every Saturday had a class with music so you know i heard the celine dion song then um other you know those pops rock in any genre so that was like one of them we are the champion and then uh, you know i i read the japanese uh oh nice what's you know lyrics and oh cool. that's awesome was it the but was it the vocals the guitars like what about it immediately drew you in from queen and said like, this is it I think their style is more like kind of classical style too. Like their structure is very classic, close to classic music. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, that's why it's kind of easier to get in to me because I'm I was playing the instrument, the Japanese instruments. Um, and when I heard the Jamiro Kuai. That was like, I'm sorry, that is not in US too, but it's, you know, UK, but they're using strings. Yeah. 
He's Australian, yeah. Uh, that was I my favorite favorite too. And what else? She likes funk. She likes funk. She likes Bee Gees and Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai is the funkiest. Yeah, like, Jamiroquai is awesome. If you, if you guys haven't heard what smooth funk is, it's Jamiroquai from Australia. And then the Bee Gees. So what you do is you like awesome bass lines and cool funky chords. Yeah. Like flat 13s. Yes. And also <laughs> Dream Theater changed uh, my like years too that was like shocked same here <laughs> i remember mariko was so excited when we were playing i think download she was like i have to see dream theater and we like walked through like massive piles of mud to get to see and it was just chaos but we she was like i have to see dream theater so i knew she was a dream theater fan from I the think beginning Dream theater changes a lot of people's ears and minds when it comes to music at least especially for like someone like me who was really just listening to like radio rock and like Metallica and these like, you know, I, lo I love the energy of rock and metal, but didn't really hear a lot of the technical stuff until Dream Theater, Symphony X and some of those more progressive bands. But there's definitely like a, a switch that goes off when you hear that kind of music. And similarly feels classical, you know, the complexity and the structure. And yeah, I mean, I think it is but relatable is, to a classical a point, musician. Though? Cause like, I feel like with dream theater. So like I, I went through the same thing as Corey, where you listen to dream theater, you're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. It opens up your mind. Cause it's like us silly people listening to classical music, except interpreted by metalheads. So like, we're like, okay, cool. That that's a new thing I haven't heard. But then after listening to like 10 albums of dream theater, I'm like, okay, we're just Americans trying to compete for the best guitar championship. And like, I don't know, it like lost a little something for me because one of the things, you know, that I love about Star Set and I love about like a lot of these other bands, it's just, it stopped being unique in its own way. Like Dream Theater was unique because it was like nothing else because you're listening to all these basic rock bands and then in comes Dream Theater and like, oh yeah, odd time signatures, playing the craziest thing, having keyboards locking with guitars in harmony. But then like there was 10 albums of that, like, is it still cool for you hearing everything? Or is it one of those things where you're like, okay, you guys have done that? Um, you know, the, the artist is super amazing. So they keep like, a, you know, bottom line always, of course. But I have the, my favorite album, you know, that image is my favorite. Images and words? Me too. So, um, so yeah, but uh, I prefer like an old one still like they they are maybe second albums third albums but still i love them their approach and also um i remember that avenged sevenfold i love them <laughs> too <laughs> um and also i copied the mr big when i was high school <laughs> mr big hell yeah <laughs> mr big well paul gilbert <laughs> who, that, they're an example of a band that they had one song to be with you that everyone knows but that's not like most of their music most of their music is more rock but it's also very very like pop oriented rock but Paul Gilbert is one of the greatest guitarists that ever lived. I mean, like, as far as musicians, he transcends guitar. And he's one of the guys that goes on Marty Friedman's Mr. Guitar Show and does duels and stuff where they yell at him in Japanese. He's like, okay, I play Cheap Trick. He's amazing. Yeah. And then, of course, that Metallica, you know, blew my mind, of course. I think a lot of people does, you know. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry, I can't, you know, catch up the main names but you know no that's a no, lot that's, i mean that gives a really Chicago good picture knows. yeah oh, no it's true that, that but that gives a really interesting picture Metala, of the influences Metala. <laughs> yeah. so how, i'm playing two shows with that band <laughs> so how did um 
how did you work that into your experience learning to play cello? I mean, were you gravitating towards wanting to play rock music or were you feeling drawn to classical music? Like, how did that like work into your, you know, your experience learning the instrument? Yeah, so um, so I was listening, but at the same time, my instruments, it's, it's very classical, right? And I was practicing in the classical way. And I, first of all, I didn't believe I can be a musician because a lot of people, you know, taught me, oh, it, being a musician is very hard. It's a, first of all, you can't, you can't make money, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> but only few people can make money. So, and also the, in the world, so many talented people exist. So if you want to be a musician, you have to practice a lot and da 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 And, and then first of all, my family is no one is a musician. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they didn't have any reference yeah, for being a musician. So, but still, I loved playing the cello or other instruments too. And when I was eight years old, I got a chance to play with the Japanese uh, classical instruments band, who was like, got a big success in Japan and then did an arena tour. And then when I was eight years old, I was on the stage with them. And basically they are playing the classical pop music, but based on classical music, sometimes like arranged for the rock style. And that was super fun to me. And then people wait at eight years old. So let, when did you start playing? So is this, let me ask you this: Is the Tiger Mom thing a real thing? Because I know that Siobhan's good. Because I know Anne Marie Cronin, and I know that from the time she was born, she's like, "You need to know about horses. You need to speak seven languages. You need to know the difference between Rococo art and Renaissance art." Like, I, you know what I was doing when I was eight years old, trying not to drool on myself. How, and you're like, I'm on stage realizing my musical prowess. What, what, what time did you start? Like three months old. Yeah, my mom was super strict. I'm sure because Shiban's mom was strict. And then when you this is why we want you to play with us. Just so you know, it's an open invitation. I said this to Susanna too, and Starset as well now. But we'll take every one of Starset's string players because we already know that Dustin's a maniac and won't let someone. We we thank Dustin for the vetting process. (laughs) We know if Dustin works with you, that you're probably amazing. But I, yeah, I, I forgot what I'm gonna say. But <laughs> no, but you were you were saying like yeah, so you got the chance when you were eight to play yes, in this classical. That was super fun, and uh, I I thought okay, there's a chance you know to be a musician or, um, but at the same time I realized kind of classical music has a many um, limitations possibilities. But same time, the opposite. It's very difficult to perform sometimes because we don't use that microphone, da, 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 right? And then, but I loved still. I loved playing the classical music. And then when I was high school, I was you know going to the, just just general, not a musical high school or university. Or oh, I was not going to. But when I was 17 years old, I had a special class by professor from Switzerland. And that class was so much fun. And I, I same time, I had like a frustration because 
you know, oh, I want to play like this, but I can't. And at the same time, I wanted to explain more logically what I'm, I'm, what I'm playing. I was like, you know, just having fun, da, da, da. you know, just freely <laughs> I'm playing. But at that moment, I wanted to explain what I'm doing, you know, and also why I'm doing play like this. So I decided to be, uh, go to the university, musical, music university, and then that was my start for my career. And, and then when I entered the university, that was a, another start because a lot of people is doing same thing or same practice. For example, we play the same concerto, same. Yeah, same repertoire. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then uh, there's uh, so many talented people already, you know, like Chopin, Concours, like, you know, that is piano. But, uh, you know, for example, they get competition in Japan, audition in Japan. They are many, many talented people already. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, how can I be a soloist? And how can I move be your... to America where we all suck and you're the, the best by far, <laughs> even if you're not good by Japanese standards? Great idea. No, Joy no, no. Cirque de Soleil. Let, let, her fin let her finish. Yeah. So, what? Yeah. So, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. So, I, so, that moment I thought, okay, playing the many different genres of music by cello can be unique because that now, nowadays, it's not so unique, unique, maybe, but that, that was like 20 years ago. And then uh, how about if I use the, you know, electric cellos, how if I stand, stand up while playing the cellos and then no one doing in Japan, maybe in the US, maybe, but uh, no one was doing in Japan at that moment. So I made a custom uh, long end pin and okay, let's stand up because when we are playing the pop music or the rock music, it's more like an energy tech. So mm -hmm. if I like perform like this, then maybe audience will get more like excitement or something like that. Yeah, I was thinking like I was trying, failed, trying, failed. Oh, okay, I need to adjust. You know, I did uh, many things on the TV shows, the radio shows. Um, that was my start. And I had a regular TV shows when I was university student. Um, we played, we arranged and then, oh, we means like um, I had a band with mm -hmm. violinist, pianist, and then flutist and me. Uh, we arranged the pop songs or rock songs, we got many genres songs for our way, and then performed every day on live on the TV. Oh. So that was like my actual start for my career. What was the name of that group? Vanilla Mood. Okay. And, and what, what would happen? Like, would you like wake up and they'd be like, you have three hours to take this Maroon 5 song and just reinterpret <laughs> it perfectly in your Japanese band way. Yeah. So um, that was like, a, you know, being that uh, during being the university students. So we woke up at like six and I go to the TV, uh, uh, TV stations and did a run through that, 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 did a um, show during the noon and after that we went to the university and then go back to the studio the practice for next day and until like seven and then go home literally like eat 
sleep and going back to the TV station. Wow. And for how, for how long? For how many weeks or months were you doing that? Uh, total was three years, but uh, one year and a half um, when I was 20. Hold on, wait. Do you know that Justin complains about playing 15 shows in a row? He's like, I can't do it. Which, by the way, is terribly hard. For anybody out there, Like, that's actually a reason to complain. That's super hard. But I'm making fun of that because by comparison, it's like, you have to go for over a thousand days. Uh, you're not going to sleep. I hope you eat rice because if you're going to be tilling the field. Well, if you're in Japan, you're in luck because there's a lot of rice eating. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're like, well, you could sustain somebody on rice. You stay thin, but you'll be able to work for 19 hours a day, maybe 20 some days. But definitely that was tough. And then first one year and a half. So we did like a one year and a half when I was 23 years old. And then, yeah, that. So was it like negative two years ago? Like you look like you're like 20 years old. You're like, oh, yeah, 20 years old. I'm like. How old, how old is this? You're like She's ageless. ageless, ageless. She doesn't like, age. You're, you're, She's like, like the same. You, like, I'm 342 years old. That's why I'm I'm 39. Awesome. <laughs> you're 39? I thought you were going to say you're like 31 or something like that and be like, oh, well, that's so sweet. You're 30. You're a year older than me. Uh, yeah. I need to start getting my my fiance does Botox. I'm like I don't need it. You just need, like, to, now I need to get Botox you need to and move fillers. To, no, I'm telling you, you need to move to Japan. Like when we first went, or at least when I first went, when, uh, when Mariko was there, when we did our tour there with Hyde, the breakfast buffet alone but at the hotel. Marty Freeman's hair you. is now white, so I feel like <laughs> it's gonna age me. And then I'm he has giant bags around his eyes, and he's pale. He looks like he's jaundice. Oh my gosh! I don't know if Japan's good for him. Oh my gosh! I, I, I mean, just a genes thing. I, I I don't know. Um, but we do we do like Botox things. Uh, I I didn't yet, but uh, maybe that's amazing. <laughs> what would they do? Just like pull out your face and just look like you're like. What would they do? Like embalm you? <laughs> What is there to do? Where like, are we? I have to- Where are we? Okay, What's all right. Now? No, yeah. Ben, Ben, you've totally... Okay, let's go back. So you did the TV show for, you said, about a year and a half or a couple yes. years. Okay. Yeah, and then we uh, released the CDs. So those are like a fundamental, my uh, experiences or, or my career, you know, which I was playing not only classical music, like, you know, um, we still use the classical instruments, but uh, many genres way. Sometimes like a funk, sometimes a rock, sometimes... Uh, our original is like more like um, that way too. And then um, we did like a seven years, eight years, keep going. But while, while that, I was doing a recording stuff for the TV shows, like other TV shows, uh, movies, stuff. Um, but suddenly I got a phone call or like a text message from my friend. And are you interested in the Secret Soleil? That was my... like. That, that was like my changed day, you know? Like yeah, the mo- yeah. The moment you had where you're like, the moment. this just got real? Yes. And I was like, oh, huh, yeah, I, I, I am. But I thought that that was fake. Because, you know, just the- you're like, this isn't Michael Jackson. Just like Michael Jackson calling, yeah. Yes, I was like, hey, yeah. hey you're a cellist, right? You, do you want to be in my show? Aren't you dead? <laughs> Yeah, and so the, my friend was asked from this uh, casting guy, you know, do you know someone, the cellist, and who would be in the or who would fit to the show? And then uh, next day, I got uh, like audition details, you know, we need to hear 
your improvisation like this, you know, that was like a classical style to rock. And also the beat it solo moment, you know, the and the back, like that dance. Wait, you, you had to play Michael Jackson on the on the cello? Yeah. The, the <laughs> so, really solo? though? No, wait, you really, you had to, or just a, the main riff? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Da, 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 and then also, da, da, bum, 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 you know, like what kind of sounds I create and yeah, yeah. then what kind of performance I do, they wanted to know. Of course, uh, I think they checked my CDs a little bit, but I at that moment, I didn't have YouTube, so they didn't know much. I'm not sure they knew I did a band or not because the band had YouTube, but I didn't do uh, my solo stuff much. So I sent a video, and two days later, um, yeah, you passed. Oh, <laughs> nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, by the way, the, that casting guy was like a, uh, doing a the translator. So the casting team had a many um, um, the people mm-hmm. in the country who speaks, like a, you know, the, for example, in Japan, one guy is doing a casting for us. So that person called me. So that that person sp- spoke Japanese, and he mm-hmm. asked me, "Do you speak English?" And I was, "No, <laughs> <laughs> just pretend." How? <laughs> but anyway, you be you be fine. So yeah, so during the tour, I didn't have any translator, and that was my challenge. <laughs> I can tell you exact. I can tell you exactly what happened. First off, you're adorable because you're like if you're gonna audition for something. If I was on television with a band interpreting famous songs, I wouldn't be like, well, I can't send this because it's not just enough about me. Even though I had no YouTube, you're like, I'm not going to rely on that. Now, I'm not going to rely on those laurels. I'm just going to show up and be me. And then once they figure it out, they're like, she's a prodigy. She's a freaking savant. They have a Japanese dude call you and be like, hey, can you speak English? And, and they're like, we need her. She's amazing. Does she speak English? Just tell them you speak English. And here's the thing. In the United States of America, you want to get around, just go, that's interesting. Or yes. Or sometimes just like start nodding when they start nodding and they'll start nodding or even (laughs) nod before them. We're dumb. So if you're from Japan and you learn how to play cello by the time you're eight, let me assure you. Or maybe I'd walk into your house with my shoes and be like, what's up, dude, smoking my weed? And you're like, this is against everything. You're going to get your hand cut off. You could come into the United States and just be like, thank you. And they're like, oh, she's so sweet. Oh, my gosh. But let me just. No, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. Um, could be like a related with music, but uh, English or the U.S. Um, people's talking is very um full of like a passion and or like expressions so it's very kind of easier to understand oh maybe this even i don't understand what you uh some someone says oh maybe he's happy <laughs> or uh, maybe he's sad you know and then i was like more like listening 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 those like uh, um trained my ears too like very yeah. connected words like you know we're, we're like dogs. You can read our body language. Wait, like, did yeah. you learn how to like speak English better by like, with the same faculties that you use to like listen to music and then go from classical to rock? You're like, well, Ben keeps saying, that's wicked cool. Like, like okay, that's wicked cool. And then someone's like, whoa, she knows us. 
It's just all a vernacular thing for us to say hella before everything. You're like, she's from California. Oh, my God. Yeah, but uh, I think it's the same approach to like, you know, with when I'm, you know, at least I, when I want, you know, wanted to copy someone's solo or something like that, you know, during the process of studying, okay, I want to copy this guitar solo by cello. It's, we have to hear the intonation, of course, notes, but, uh, you know, between the notes we need to hear, right? I think uh, English has more intonation than uh, it just maybe different, but a more like in unique intonation accent. So pretty much like a close to like a learning English and then learning music. Does it make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, the different styles. My uh, my wife's from Brazil and she came to America not knowing any English, and she she came first to actually uh, Nevada. And so when she came to Boston, everything she had started to learn went out the window because we talk like idiots out here. And she's <laughs> like, she couldn't understand anything we're saying because we don't say our R's and everything. And then that, we- yeah, it's a distinct <laughs> accent. Well, you've for also sure. reaffirmed something. The, the reason they probably speak more consistently across Japan is because you take direction and you learn things properly. We're in America, we're like, I'm not going to use that word the way I want it. I ain't talking like that. I'm making conjunctions up. I don't even know what a conjunction talking is. talking shit about America, bro? What is this? <laughs> me? Talking shit about America? Dude, let me tell you. Everyone keeps telling me because I come on this show that I'm like social. No, I'm turning into my dad. I'm in an office with three different monitors. I don't even know which one to stare at. And I'm the, my most social thing ever is talking to people across the country from me that are vetted ahead of time. And I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to like her she's like oh i've been playing cello since i'm eight, since i was eight and i'm like she's timeless like what don't i like about this that said yeah america i walk outside i see what's going on it scares the freaking shit out of me all right well, before so before we, we oh yeah, no go ahead Corey. i was gonna say before we dive too far down that road we, we're getting ready to wrap up this this first hour um so i guess i'm not ready <laughs> get ready i have well, a rest i have two rests coming up I need to step away, but if you guys can wrap this up in the next three or four minutes and I'll be back. Okay, <laughs> okay. <I'll- laughs> yeah, Corey has to pick something up. <laughs> so, okay, Corey's but anyway, no, but I- showed up. No, what I wanted to say was before this turns into the Ben episode, I think just to highlight for the listeners, we learned a couple super important things in this episode from you, Mariko, which is one, be on the cutting edge, or as we like to say, the bleeding edge of, you know, a trend. Like you were like, okay, I need to be more energetic on stage. So I'm going to stand up and play cello. That was like really innovative, especially thinking of the time 20 years ago, right? Like not everyone was on YouTube. These trends didn't exist. You had to really figure out before you even got the gig that asked for it, what you had to do to be different, you know? So that's number one. And then number two, just say yes and jump in. Like, you don't know English? All right, doesn't matter. I'm going to do the gig anyway. You know, like so many people find reasons to not want to do something or to be timid about trying something different that's outside of the box. And I mean, you're a perfect example of why that pays off to absolutely do what feels authentic to you and, you know, change stuff up, break the rules a little bit. I think that's super cool, like all that stuff that you did. And all we got is up to, up to Cirque du Soleil. There's still the whole rest of your career we have to talk about in part two. It's almost like there's another episode coming. There's almost, an, yeah, almost like another episode coming up. So uh, I guess we're going to have to wrap this one up without Corey, or maybe he's back. <laughs> well, I have, I have another question for you. So like, you, you know, you're from a country with such a high standard. How do you stick out 
do you have to go to the United States? Because I feel like in the United States, like if you're good in Boston, they're still like, fuck you, guy. So you move to L.A. and they're like, you're the guy good from Boston. And then you go back to Boston like, oh, you went to L.A., you did something. And you're like, you have to fool people. Is that like what you do in Japan? Like you're like, I'm going to go to the United States, play this Michael Jackson guy. And like, I think he's pretty big somewhere. And then you go back to Japan. And now like, do they accept you as being a big deal now? I'm not sure about myself because I can't know, you know, how they see me, you know, even after my shows or what, you know, but uh, I think um, everybody knows Michael Jackson. So it's more like it gets familiar to them. That's first thing. And also still uh, Japanese people, um, I think since we... um, lost for the World War Two. I think uh, still the United States culture is kind of um, the symbol symbol for the admire and respect. So I think uh, going to tour with um, other people, what like, uh, especially the U.S., but uh, not only the U.S., you know, we went, we travel. The performing then on the tour or another country, other countries, is very more sticked out as a cellist, I think, I believe. Sure. Um, I I think that during a tour, I grew up too, you know, and I had many great moments, like, the, you know, the, from the people, talking with the people, they go on the stage, like every moment, you know, I made me grow up. So that's why maybe I changed too. So when I go back, when I went back to Japan, maybe my approach was maybe different with before. Sure. Yeah, perspective. Absolutely. So I think it's a combination with everything, but definitely um, came here, changed my, like something. <laughs> I can't dis- describe yeah. well. <laughs> That's great. So maybe, maybe in the next hour we can dive into, you know, where you went from there. Uh, you know, after after getting to the Cirque du Soleil and everything. Um, thank you for, for being with us in this first hour. Thank you for sticking around the entire time, even after hearing us talk and the things we're saying. <laughs> no, uh, it's so much know. fun. Thank you. Thank of you course. so much for having me. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll talk more. Yeah, go ahead, where can, Ben. Where, where can we hear your, your music? Like, w- w- give us all the links, feed it to us so we can put it underneath for us plebeians. Or tell the listeners, you know, your YouTube channel, your Instagram, where everyone can find some of your music, yeah. what you're promoting right now, anything you want to share. Uh, yes, I have a YouTube channel. Um, you can search as a Mariko Cello. And also I have Instagram too, Mariko and the... Can we spell it for people? Because I feel like you're giving us a lot of credit. It's M-A-R-I-K-O. And for people that don't know that cello doesn't have an H, it's C-E-L-L-O. <laughs> And you can oh, also yes. read read the title of the podcast you're you're watching or or uh, not to be listening to right now. Confused with CeeLo. Like CeeLo Green. Green? No, it's no, not it's that not guy. That it's guy. not the dude like with the weird voice that sounds it is like cello the, the instrument. It's cello the instrument. Well, I mean it's just a bigger violin, right? Wait, yes. is it viola? It's wait, because violin, viola, cello, double bass, and then jet. <laughs> Let's not confuse the listeners. Mariko Cello. Our champion. You are the champion. Freddie was talking about you. You came here. You conquered. We played all the big parks. You do it yourself. Everybody, give it up. You're amazing. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Check guys. Check out 2020-D.com. Stay tuned for part two with Mariko. Thank you, as always, for checking out this episode of 2020. Please visit 2020-D.com. Like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. This week's throwback clip is from episode number 93, featuring Dustin Bates of Starset. Check it out. Adam was behind this thing, and it's totally translucent. Uh, and, then, and then when you give it voltage on each of these little... Um, nodes um you can it'll go clear and so what we did is he's playing behind it and i it goes trans translucent and then we projected onto it 3d projection onto it and then when he wasn't playing and it also solved the problem of the electronic drum loops like he's not playing he disappears and now it's projection and then and then boom you know i use like wireless dmx control and it uh and used it to open up some relays that made it go transparent and now he's playing the only issue is um, the little box I made to, um, it was probably still prototype, uh, yeah. that, that actually picks up that DMX um, signal to make it go transparent. You know, you're at uh, festivals and they're just like, it, it doesn't give a, get as much love at a festival. Well, he's, you know, I don't know when it happened from the beginning or like during a song, he just stays translucent. <laughs> he's just in a white box for <laughs> multiple songs. So that's a very, very Spinal Tap moment. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.